0: Christ is risen! That's right, He has risen indeed. Welcome to Easter Sunday here at Mission Church. Today I'm so excited to to bring um, a message to you, but we really have three things to share with you today on this beautiful Easter Sunday We have the the Easter message that I I will be sharing with you later on Uh, in the service. We're going to share communion together, and then we're going to share a brand new tradition that I hope to begin here at Mission Church on Easter Sunday, and that is the opportunity that we get to resurrect children and families and people uh, with God's help out of poverty. And so um, you'll be invited to join in on, on that at the end of the service. But as we begin today, I'd like to, uh, to, to follow up from last Sunday's message about expectations. And, and last Sunday, when we when we approached Palm Sunday, we, we just got a chance to talk about the expectations that the disciples and the people in Jerusalem had of Jesus and um, and, and, and how. Their missed expectations really uh, brought about so much uh, angst and anger in their lives. Um, That story continued all the way through Holy Week to where Jesus was crucified. And now what we're going to do is hear a dramatic reading of the story of the resurrection. And so I'd like for you to, to read along because the scriptures will be here. Uh, On the screen, you can have your own Bible open, or if you would like to, close your eyes and picture yourself in the scene as the scriptures are being read, and maybe place yourself beside Jesus or, or beside Simon Peter or Mary Magdalene and see everything happening around you. But for now, hear the word of the Lord. where Jesus body had been one at the head and the other at the foot they asked her woman why are you crying they have taken my Lord away and I don't know where they have put him at this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there but she didn't realize that it was Jesus and he asked her woman why are you crying who is it you're looking for thinking he was the gardener she said sir Mary Magdalene went to the other disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he said these things to her. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came in and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. So, as we said earlier... Last Sunday was Palm Sunday, and it was a Sunday of, or a day of missed expectations. And we talked about how the disciples and the Jewish people all thought that Jesus was going to be a militant Messiah to, to liberate them from Rome and overthrow the Roman government. But as we know, that is not what Jesus came to do. And the missed expectations brought about such anger in their in their lives that when the beginning of the week they, they, they cheered and, and 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 screamed, Hosanna, save us! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, till at the at the end of the week they, they instead of cheering Hosanna, they were, were shouting, Crucify Him, crucify him. And so the question that I asked you last Sunday is What is your expectations of Jesus? And as we looked and leaned into Scripture, we found that the expectations of Jesus were already shared with us at his birth. When the angel declared that in the city of David, the Messiah has been born to you. I'm sorry. In the city of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And we we lean into these, these three uh, images and these three titles of Jesus as Savior, Messiah, and Lord. And when we have our expectations of who Jesus is, that that, that, he's, that is shared in Scripture, the relationship that we have grows deeper and grows stronger, because as our expectations are fulfilled, it just develops a stronger bond in any relationship. But the opposite is true, isn't it? That when people have expectations of someone else that's not fulfilled, that's when problems begin and those problems lead to more problems and then anger erupts. And what I have found over the years is that the problem of missed expectations really stem from one, one thing that, that can, can easily help the situation and that is this. We do not do a good job of communicating our expectations with those around us very well. If we, if we were able to communicate our expectations better and, and, and then hear what other people expect of us and live into that expectation, our relationships would be great. But we, 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 we fail oftentimes to, to share what those expectations are. And when we fail to share those expectations, there's no possible way I can live into an expectation that I don't even know that is expected of me, right? And, and you probably feel the same way. But when we communicate our expectations, we can live it out. And I want to share with you something that happened this week after my sermon last Sunday. A saint in our church <laughs> sent me an email and I want to share this email with you. I got this email uh, that, that said, Pastor, um, I'd like to share my expectations of you. He said, what I expect of my pastor is that he prays, studies the Bible, and leans on God for direction. I also expect that my pastor should expect some things of me. And he writes this, I will pray, study the Bible, and lean on God for direction. I will pray that God will protect, bless, and continue to guide you and your family I will support you by supporting the church with my prayers, my attendance, and my giving. He ends this email by saying, beyond that, I guess it's negotiable. (laughs) I love that. And and whoever sent this to me, you know who you are. And uh, it, it helps me to know what this person's expectation of me is. And it helps me to know what they expect of themselves. And I want you to know that right now we are in high stakes negotiations for who will be paying for the cherry limeades when we go to Sonic for lunch. So I guess that's part of the the negotiation that we can have. But I appreciate this email and, and, and it helps me to get to know what the expectations of this person is. And so today on Easter Sunday... Let's turn the tables, why don't we? And and let's find out what Jesus expects of us as we look through the lens of Easter. Because we've already talked about what our expectations of Jesus ought to be Savior, Messiah, and Lord. So earlier you got to read or hear the resurrection narrative. And as we read through that resurrection narrative you, you, you probably picked out, and, and, and especially if you placed yourself into the story, that there were a lot of misunderstanding that took place uh, in that moment. Because if you remember that passage clearly, Mary thought that people came and stole the body of Jesus because when she got to the tomb, the stone was rolled away and, and, and the tomb was empty. And and so her first instinct was, someone took the body of our Lord. And she runs and tells that to the disciples. So I'm sure they're thinking the exact same thing. Someone stole Jesus' body. So two of the disciples, they run to the tomb to actually see what took place. And when they get to the tomb, they see exactly what Mary says. That the tomb was empty. And all they saw were the linen that were laying there inside of the tomb. And the disciples, in verse 9, it says this, the disciples, they did not understand that Jesus had to rise from the grave. They still, at that point, had no idea what was happening. But slowly and surely, Jesus appears to them. And when he appears to them, you know what Jesus does? He helps us in this beautiful way. Jesus shares his expectations for us. And we can see this through the lens of Easter. So the first thing that happens is Jesus, he meets with Mary. And when Mary when Mary realizes that this person that's talking to her is not a gardener, but it's really Jesus. She, go, she holds on to him. She grabs a hold of him. And Jesus says to her, do not hold on to me. And what he, basically what he's trying to say is, I'm not going to be here for much longer. Don't cling to me. And then he gives her specific instructions. And he says, go to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. And you know what the Bible tells us? The Bible says that that is exactly what Mary does. And so Jesus lays out what he wants her to do, his expectations of her, and she fulfills that beautifully. Then as we read on in this passage of Scripture, Jesus appears to the disciples. And when he appears to his disciples, he gives them specific instructions as well. In John 20 Verses 21 and 22, we remember hearing these words that Jesus says, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Wow. If I could, if I could ever go back to a scene in the Bible, this, this might be one of them that I would choose just to be there when the disciples first see Jesus alive. And here, Jesus gives us one of the expectations that he has for us, and that is that we might experience peace. The events of what happened that took place before Easter for the lives of the disciples, that time was chaotic. Everything was changing around them. And it was really a dangerous time. Because they had all of these expectations of Jesus that, they, that didn't come to pass. And as a result, Jesus was betrayed by his disciples. And and then he was denied by a few of them. And that led to violence and eventually that led to Jesus' death. And after Jesus was crucified on the cross, there was great grief and mourning in the lives of the disciples. And then they were filled with fear because they thought, if they got Jesus, they're coming for us next. And so here they are, behind locked doors, and Jesus appears to them. And this is their Easter moment because everything changes at the moment of Easter. Everything changes at the moment of Easter, the moment that Jesus rose from the grave. And when Jesus appears to his disciples in this chaotic, this rapidly changing, and this dangerous time, the very first thing that he offers to them is peace. Peace be with you. Now, I'm going to pause here and take you back. If you you joined us on Good Friday... We had an amazing service, didn't we? We took you to uh, a, an amazing experience where we, we began with worship, and, and then we traveled to five different stations that incorporated some of the elements of Good Friday and of Lent, and, and we experienced a variety of things. And at one of the stations, which was the Station of Peace, we uh, we worked together to to fold some origami, and I have my origami dove right here. <laughs> now, folding this dove was quite challenging in the time that was allotted, and uh, and we realized that, right? Um, if you completed your origami in the five minutes, you are a genius. <laughs> and uh, and I love the reflection that we had with this origami. Because if you completed the origami, the reflection was that let this be a reminder to you of the complete peace, because this dove is a symbol of peace, of the complete peace that comes through Jesus Christ. And there is complete peace there. But if you were like me and you were not able to complete your dove, and and maybe your dove looked more like this, uh, like maybe a submarine instead of a dove. (laughs) The reflection of the incomplete dove was this, that while the the peace of God is complete, the work of peace in our world is something that is ongoing, and God calls us to be a part of Of the ongoing work to bring peace into our world. In fact, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. And so, one of the things that we realize is that Easter calls us to be peacemakers in our world. And that's one of the things. That Jesus came to bring on Easter to give to his disciples, peace be with you. The second thing Jesus said is that, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you, and so the second thing we realize is that that uh, that we are to be sent people, right we are to be sent people, and I love this because as The church that we are, Mission Church, right? This is right up our wheelhouse. We are Mission Church. And if there ever was a church that should be all about being sent, that should be us. And and, and I can see some of you out there giving high fives and amens, right? That's who we are. And what Jesus is doing here is he's affirming all of the things that he taught while he was, was with the disciples before Easter when he was with them and he gathered amongst them. And he taught us about how we should love the Lord our God with all of our hearts, our soul, our strength. And we should love our neighbor as ourself. And then he also said this also uh, after he, he rose, but in the Great Commission, Jesus also said, go and make disciples of all nations, right? Go. You see that? That's, that's the sent part. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit and teach them to obey everything i have commanded you and surely he gives us this promise i will be with you to the very end of the age and so this is Jesus' expectations of his followers in the lens of easter as he appears to his followers right after he he's risen from the grave and he and he makes this very clear but the question that I have for us today is that is is this doable? Can we can we live in peace and share this peace with our world? I want to pause right here and ask you to, to, to do something here. Pause and, and let's take a look at our hearts. What fills your heart? right now? Is there a great sense of peace? Or as we live in this time that we're living in right now, is your heart filled more with anxiety? Fear. Is your heart filled with frustration? Or maybe some of us are at the point of anger. Because honestly, it's been a tough year. Last year, we didn't even have Easter to celebrate together. You know, we did it like this, online. And, and, but yet, there's going to be some meeting together in person, which is, which is a, a step in the right direction. But it has been a tough year, hasn't it? And how, then, do we find peace in the midst of all the challenges that we're facing right now? That's a, a fair question to ask. And then, this second expectation of being sent... How are we to be sent people during COVID? We can't go anywhere. In fact, the, the, the opportunities of being sent have all been shut down, right? And we're hoping that maybe sooner rather than later, we can go out to, 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 to be sent. But even when we get the opportunity to go and be sent when COVID is done, right? Through COVID, the voice and the influence of the church... That's been waning. It's not been what it used to be. And honestly, it's not that easy anymore. And so, how are we to be sent? How are we to find peace? And these are some of the expectations that Jesus shared with us to live out. The answer, the answer that I want to share with you, comes in the third expectation. The third expectation that Jesus gives us in this beautiful passage here in John chapter 20, he says this, Receive the Holy Spirit. And I love what he says in that the Bible says he breathed on them. He breathed on them. And then he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. And I want you to know, church, that this right here, is the biggest difference that Easter makes. The power of the Holy Spirit at work in people's lives. Wow. I want to just use two examples that we're very familiar with to highlight how the Holy Spirit works in people's lives. And the first example is one that we're all going through right now, right? COVID. We know that COVID is an airborne virus. And, um, and, and we all wear masks. I have my, in fact, I have my mask in my pocket right now. We all wear masks, right, to be safe. But what happens if you contract COVID? I, and I know some people in the church have contracted COVID. Sometimes the symptoms were mild, but sometimes they were severe. And if you had COVID, the symptoms that they say are you cough, you get a fever, you lose the sense of taste and smell. And there are other things. And and, and then there might be some long-term effects of people who have been impacted by COVID. And so using that as just an example... In John, we read that Jesus breathed on his disciples. This is what I, I love about uh, how this passage sets up what we're experiencing right now. Because I really believe that when Jesus breathed on them, it, it, it's the same connotation of being infected with the virus. He breathed on them so that what He breathed in them would impact them in the the way that the COVID virus impacts people's lives. And so the question that I ask is, what should be the effects of the Holy Spirit coursing through our lives and our spirit? What should that look like? What should that be? And, And maybe in the same way that when people lose their sense of smell and taste, when the, when the Holy Spirit is coursing through our lives, maybe we lose our sense of pride and we lose our sense of, of, of being self-centered. I know that, that COVID affects people's hearts as well. And when the Holy Spirit is coursing through our lives, maybe that, that, that symptom or the effect of that is that our hearts are changed. Maybe in our hearts, we're able to have the capacity to love even more and better. And, 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 and maybe our hearts will be slower to judge and more eager to serve. And I don't know if, if COVID would impact anyone's speech, <laughs> but the Holy Spirit sure does impact our speech, right? Right? And maybe when, when, when we are empowered by the Holy Spirit, our speech is impacted in that we, we, do, we do less co- complaining and we're less critical with our words and we're more encouraging and lifting others up and sharing the gospel even more. And I know that I've heard COVID affects people's eyes. And when the Holy Spirit impacts our lives, shouldn't it impact our eyes so that we can see people the way Jesus sees people? And we can fix our eyes on the author and perfecter of our faith. And when we're able to do that, church, that's when we experience the fullness of the peace that Christ came to bring. When we are empowered by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives. The second example that I'd like to share about how the Holy Spirit can, uh, can, can manifest itself and show itself comes through the example of Easter. Easter is the story of Jesus coming back to life from death, rising up from the grave, right? That's, that's what we celebrate. We know that to be Easter. We love that story. But honestly... Any other story of the dead coming back to life scares the living daylights out of us, right? Right? I mean, if we talk about anyone else besides Jesus coming back to life, you know, that story reminds us of zombies or vampires or Frankensteins, all scary things. And, and, and the reason why I bring that up is because there's a stark difference between the resurrection of Jesus and and the resurrection of any other life. That's scary. And in the same way, whenever someone is possessed by a demon, we know that there's a massive difference with that person than a person that's not possessed by a demon. And shouldn't it be then that if someone is filled with the Holy Spirit, that their lives should be massively different than a person that is not. And I believe that's what Jesus wanted to happen in his disciples' lives. And in fact, when you read the book of Acts, that's exactly what happened when the Holy Spirit came into the lives of the disciples. They were literally transformed and empowered in such an amazing way. And then from that, the Apostle Paul writes this passage of scripture from Romans chapter 8, verse 11, which, oh, fits today's message so well. And the Apostle Paul writes these words And if the spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit that lives in you. Oh, church, the way forward for Mission Church, the way forward for Mission Church is to allow the same power that rose Jesus from the grave to be alive in us, not relying on our own wisdom or on what we can do in the flesh but what God can do through those who breathe in the Holy Spirit and allow the Spirit and welcome the Spirit into our lives to change us and mold us and make us into people who look more and more like Jesus. Church, the expectations of Jesus for us through Easter is for us to allow His Holy Spirit to move us and change us so that we can be peacemakers in this world and we can be sent people by the power of God, not by our power. And and I want you to know that as we live this out, the days ahead for Mission Church will be great. Will you join us on this journey this journey of living in the the, the power and the flow of God's Holy Spirit. Would you open your hearts to that? I pray that you will. And would you join me now as we close in this time of prayer? Father in heaven, thank you for Easter, for the power of the resurrection being made available to us. And I am convinced that the greatest days of the church are still ahead of us as we lean into Easter and breathe deeply into the Holy Spirit and allow the Spirit to work and affect us and impact us to change our speech, to change our hearts, to change our eyes. Lord God, so that we can be more like Your Son, Jesus. Our prayer, dear Lord, is that the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the grave would live mightily in us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.